dead than all hope, listeners. You're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff, with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hi, folks. Old Man Grognard here. Happy Tuesday. Hope you're all doing well. I'm doing well, of course. Well, not of course, but... (laughs) We had a game last night. It was fun. And I'm thinking about spells. I wanted to talk a bit about spells in general and maybe specific tailoring spells to your campaign, to a character. I've tailored spells to a character before. We worked on a coat once with Everett's Black Tentacle. Or no, it was a sword that had an, a, an ability like Everett's Black Tentacles. But we had to, I had to sit down with the player and refine it so it wouldn't, you know, some of the, some of the things I came up with are like kind of stupid. So <laughs> I, I decided to retool it with the help of the player and we actually got something interesting out of it, which is always a good thing. But talking about tailoring spells and from edition to edition, you know, stuff that spells do kind of stats and all that. So we're going to talk about that after this. So tailoring spells to your campaign. Now, I came out of, as you know, first edition AD&D. That's where I started. And I was used to, there are certain things that I don't do anymore that I used to do which is some of the things, for instance, in the spell category, casting times. I always use casting times when I ran first edition because that's how I learned. And it wasn't until when I went back and saw basic D&D and it's like, what, I don't need to deal with this? Because to me, it was just one more thing I had to keep track of and I didn't want to. As a player, anyway. So, I had to come up with some house rules for that because, I first of all, I got rid of them all. But there were certain circumstances where, where certain spells pack such a punch that I've got to, I've got to regulate it somehow. So, I looked at some of the higher level spells that just devastate things. And I'm going to, I'd say, okay, these category of spells, it's going to take more than one round to cast. And it's kind of a balancing, kind of a deterrent thing, kind of a, yeah, that's the way it would work thing. So I didn't want to feel like I was just hobbling my players for my convenience, although I think I was. But I also wanted to get some kind of realistic justification. That's the whole thing about role-playing games. You can do anything as long as you can justify it, at least in your mind. And I'm talking to game masters out there. I know players don't have always have that luxury, but if they can convince the game master of something, then there you go. Theirs is the power of persuasion. And either you're a good persuader or you ain't so you know that's the that's how it goes you know you can mope about it and grumble about it but it really ain't going to change anything uh 
So the first thing I did was get rid of casting times. Then I started looking at other editions of D&D and other clones and other things like that. And I noticed that how they how they change things from edition to edition, like from first to second or from basic to first, even third and fourth, because they've third, fourth, and fifth, I should say, because even they one of the first things they usually do when they work on a new edition is work out the spells and rearrange the spells. Some spells got cut, some always get cut, some spells they add, some spells get different levels. Some get lower, some get higher. And it's a benefit for me. This is one of, to me, this is one of the perks of being in the OSR. You have the previous editions to look at and see how they did it. And you can cobble together, you can cobble it together from that, which I really like. I'm kind of a, I always say I want to run a simple system. I want to run a simple system. I do want to run a simple system, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to tinker with it on the off, out of game, off away from the table. Because, you know, it just makes sense. And certain things will come up in the, in the game where you got to go, okay, I'm going to rule this, then we will discuss it afterwards and see what we can do to work this out. That's for anything, not just spells. But if you got, if you think a spell works one way and your players think a spell works another way, that's when the rulings, not rules, comes into effect. And the players damn well better understand that. <laughs> you know, you have to have a group. You, your group has to be able to do the give and take. On the other hand, the game master also has to do a give and take. He's got to be something... He's got to be somewhat fair. I always try to be somewhat fair to everybody. You know, I'm not going to stomp on one player to the advantage of the rest or something like that. And if they have a legitimate gripe, I'm going to listen to it. But I, for the sake of playing the game, I will make it, you know, you're supposed to make a ruling. Then afterwards, we will bring it up. Somebody, I know somebody will bring it up and then we will discuss it. And in between games, that's when you, you know, think about things, mull them over, change things to one way or the other. And that, and that, that's a good thing. That's a really good thing that happens because that helps define your world. Okay, this is going to work this way every time now. Or if there's an inconsistency from a past game where this thing where this thing works one way and now it works another way, that's when you got to sit down and talk to people and decide what's the definitive way the spell is going to be cast, how it's going to affect the range, the duration, whatever the problem is. I, as I told you in a previous episode, I I decided in my game to change telekinesis to. Uh, I add I add a caveat on there. If they're doing certain things, they can push more than their... They can push above their weight class on the TK. If, if there's... To me, if there... How did, I, how did I describe? If there's leverage involved, they can get away with more. If they're just trying to lift something and move it, yeah, there's a limitation. But if it, there's leverage involved, like tripping something or knocking someone over, I will give more weight, I will give a better weight class to that, up to four times. Because 
in, as I've said before, an Astonishing Swordsman, there's a 12-level cap, and the caster level goes up with the, with the level of the character, which is one-to-one for most, for most mages. And so you've got 25 pounds per caster level. You have 12-level cap. That means you cap at 300 pounds. So I decided if leverage is involved, you can go up to 1,200 pounds, depending on the situation. And that's a GM call. I'm going to leave that as a GM call. Because, you know, the GM has to decide on something. And there's a lot of things out there that, you know, even the books. I mean, look at the artifacts. As we were talking about the magic hands and artifacts and things, look at the books. They're always saying, this, this is going to happen. How you resolve it is up to you. And that's the way it's supposed to be. So spells, to me, are malleable until you set them in stone in your campaign. If they work the normal way, I don't worry about it. You know, a fireball's a fireball's a fireball. But if the fireball works a certain way, then you nail that down saying, okay, in my world it works this way. Okay, it has this range. It may have a casting time. You don't know. Until you sit down and talk to the players or decide yourself and announce to them if they have any problems, they can come to him to the game master. So, so like I said, spells to me are malleable. They, nothing is nailed down until you nail it down. And that's the way it should be, really. This is a guy coming from 12 years of champions with effects-based stuff, so you can understand where I'm coming from. Anyway, you guys take that. I'm going to go start my day. And Again, if you want to talk to me about this, oldmangrognard at gmail.com, drop me an email or drop me a voicemail over at Anchor. We're monetized, so as little as 99 cents a month. You too can help support this program, and I would thank you. I should record this and just tack it on at the end. I don't know why I don't. That just feels better this way. And thank you again, Jonathan, Oliver, Mark, Gilbert, Juan, Carlos, and Daniel. You guys are great. And don't forget Mark C. Walring's podcast, The Yawning Albear. Uh, you guys you keep me keep me going. Thank you. So until I see you folks next time, keep the dice warm and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air. Mm-hmm.